Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Emma Project Podcast. I'm your host, Wen Xin. I do one project a year, hence the Emma Project. Since 2016, I have dived into Italy, minimalism, sociology, website, diet, bullet journal, faith, and art. Join me on my annual project 2023, which is podcasting, where in this channel I will talk about my annual projects since 2016. Additionally, I would also cover topics such as career, relationship, travel, finance, lifestyle, and everything else in between. So sit back, relax, and join me exploring life via my annual project. Let's go. Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode. So we are in March at the moment, and I am slightly behind with the whole podcast recording schedule. I'm supposed to upload the episode today itself, but I wasn't happy with the first run of this episode, so I'm here re-recording for the second time. Um, just want to move the timing back a little bit. January was a good month in establishing the weekly podcast momentum, but I kind of find it. Becomes a little bit unsustainable because February is where quite a number of things in my life did fall apart, and that includes the momentum for the Enra Project podcast. I'm picking myself up. Finally, felt a little bit better or much better in a way. I in February I did get into some thinking about the whole podcast project. Such as I'm aware that the quality of recording is a little off. I do have some good gear with me, but I think the configuration is not quite right. And then I'm thinking that does the outline of the podcast episode work? Is it actually an engaging content? Then I think about my niche as well. For now, it's like the annual project and adulting topics, so it's not like a very specialized niche. And I'm just thinking, okay, does it really work? And then when I listened to uh, my episodes, and I felt oh how boring my voice and content are. So there's a lot of thoughts about here and there. But in the Butcher Breaky Buddies and Anna Project Essence, things are always a work in progress. And I'm just reminding myself that I just do it and improvise along the way. Sorry for the rant as the start of the episode. I just want to get it out there that I'm still working on improving bits and pieces as I go, and I do value feedback. And whether if you are a friend who knows me personally and give me face by listening to this episode, or you are someone who just stumble upon this podcast, do reach out to me. I'm sure you know there are Instagram and also other avenues to reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know how can I improve. So today's topic is going to be a little bit different, not quite part of any of the annual projects yet, but it is an important life area for a lot or all of us. So last month February is was the month of love. Valentine's Day was just around two and a half weeks ago, and I thought, why not I dive into love and relationship? Let's go. Okay. In the Anna Project fashion, as always, we always start with context, context, context. I have not had much luck with relationships. I did start to get into encounters or relationships somewhere since 2015, of which are not the discussion of this episode. So I have been observing even way before about like love and relationships. 
I think I've seen beautiful relationships. I've seen broken relationships. I've also seen toxic and unhealthy relationships. And of course, there are discussions between myself and my close circle about marriage and relationships. And interestingly, I find this pretty amusing. There are urges or advices for me to not get married. So I think that really shows the extent of how difficult relationship and marriages are. And though how common marriage and relationships are in this world, we do start to hear more stories about relationships don't work out, breakups, divorce, nasty divorce, and people just getting unhappy in marriages. And to be honest, that does scare me a little bit. But at the same time, there are also some perspectives that I've formed since like being in the dating world, in and out, on and off a little bit since 2015. So I'm just here, I want to talk a little bit about the perspectives that I have. And disclaimer, these perspectives are not to say very well researched yet. It's still being formed in my head, but it's in a way being formed with my encounters, my observations, and my discussions throughout these years. So let's dive into it. So firstly, I do think there are three levels or three types of relationships, namely companionship, partnership, or soulmateship. So in a way, it, how I see it, see it is like a ladder or a staircase. Companionship forms the foundation of all three types. And then level two, partnership, will always have companionship as the foundation. But level two is where you build towards a partnership. And level three is companionship, partnership, and then soulmateship. So I'm going to dive into one each. For companionship, I define it as the kind of relationship where the two individuals are company to each other in the day-to-day. And again, this is foundational for all relationship i guess i see it as we are all social beings we crave to have someone to spend it with us when we wake up if we don't talk to someone for like the four or five days that will actually make our mental health a little bit off so at our core we are social beings and to seek for companionship in a way romantic companionship i see it understandable um, and then I've seen that people at this category often think that marriage is either not cre- required or in a way optional. So, and I've also seen people at their early 30s where they got a little bit tired or jaded about finding their partner. They start to wonder whether we need relationship at all. And my answer is, we don't need need but it's nice to have a companion in a way because life is only getting tougher and tougher as we grow. And to have a support system as close as your partner to be with you or a company to be with you to go through it, whether you have a physical support, mental support or moral support, I think that helps. And to have like a company to do your day-to-day, to share a meal with, to share a trip with, to share, you know, the ups and downs in life, I think that it's not at all a bad idea. And I do see also see that this level of relationship 
are also a little bit more common in the divorcees because for divorcees they have went through the partnership and the partnership didn't work for whatever reason and for them it could be a trauma being formed and be a com- companionship after all is not a bad idea just to have someone to do the things in life with so that's my level one on companionship and what's my level two my level two is on partnership and i define partnership as the kind of relationship where the relationship has common goals for both individuals to work towards too and it usually require a combination of resources here i would meant financial um, energy, your effort, your time committed together to make the common goals work. And the most common form of goals are like marriage, family, building a home, raising kids, getting into parenthood, and work towards a shared lifestyle as well. So this kind is definitely the most common because a lot of people get into relationship with the goal of wanting to get married and to expand a family by having kids having a next generation and that itself is where very tricky because it does mean that you are combining essentially all your all of your life areas together your extended families your financial your viewpoint about how your parenthood now you're like two parents but need to share like the common way of parenting as well and i can see why people just kind of fall through the crack in a way and that marriage don't work for everyone because it's just so much consideration to take care into and what if there's also life crisis that happens to you as well and that kind of just adds up into the pressure so partnership very tricky the probably the widest um kind of population getting into this and yeah then the last level is on soulmateship and this is the part where the hollywood or the tv dramas are selling on the epic beautiful dramatic love is the relationship where both individuals are deeply in love with each other in love with the best friend kind of relationship you inspire each other's growth you're invested in each other's growth and happiness the one that you find that I can't afford to lose you that kind of love so this is what I define as soulmateship I don't see this a lot I'm sure there are and I've seen some but not a lot um, I think I've seen it a lot if it's a couple kind of content creators out there some I do observe genuine kind of soulmateship I think it's very sweet but I also think that it's quite dangerous because it's more like it's part of there is a huge level of codependency and of course it is a very beautiful connection to have and yeah but i think it's just the part where how do you deal with the i can't live without you part so that is the how the part of the soulmate ships are um yeah so interestingly what do i want like which level actually do i subscribe to i think for the longest time i mean during my teenage year or even in my 20s of course thanks to all the entertainment industry i do want the soulmateship in a way i want the epic dramatic lovey-dovey love but as i grow and went through my encounter which like i told you not to have very much luck in this life area 
Right now, I'm just hoping at the partnership level. If the soulmateship level comes, great. But otherwise, I would be happy to work on the partnership level that we can, me and my partner can have a more realistic kind of relationship. So yeah, I think to understand like the requirements and the work required for each of this level, I think it gives me the perspective that hey, which one do I want? If I happen to meet my partner as my soulmate, then yeah, great. But if I don't, it's not the end of the world. Because I do still have other forms of support systems, such as my close friends and my family, and in a way, you probably also heard of the saying that soulmates doesn't have to be a romantic partner. It can be your friends, it can be a few friends, and it also can be your other family member as well. Yep. So moving on to the next perspective that I would like to share is, I have four C's. A, B, C, the C's as the requirements of relationship. Four C's. So this part may be a bit more applicable to partnership, but let's see. So the first C that I define as the requirements of a relationship is compatibility. So compatibility it means that I feel that it's necessary to have a partner or a relationship where you and your partner are compatible in things that really matters to you, and this could mean like values, lifestyle, religious beliefs, life goals, or other life areas. And this, in the form, is like the first yeah, scanning in the way that you take like the first couple of months or even the first year to see whether you're compatible in a few key life areas, and that this person has the chemistry and is also compatible to have a lifestyle with you. So this part, I think, I usually take the first couple of months to see where we are,、um, and I do find that it's very difficult to meet someone who is compatible. And when I meet someone that is compatible, I tend to want to engage a little bit more and just to find out more about this person. So yes, this this is probably the part that would just get me very excited and being very curious to find out about that person. But at the same time, I have this question in my mind: like, am I? I'm talking about in a heterosexual male and female kind of relationship. When I look into compatibility. Am I actually wanting a male version of myself? The answer is like a little bit of a yes and no, because the qualities that I see in myself, I hope that my partner has like some minimal points of it, and at the same time, I just want. Of course, I don't want the exact mirror of me in a male form, because that would be quite boring. But yes, but the differences that my partner has that I don't have. Has to have to still somewhat be compatible, like if it's he has an entirely different schedule due due to his work. Let's say he's a traveling athlete, that's kind of not compatible with my lifestyle. That I want to stay grounded in one place. So in a sense, there is also this kind of compatibility thing that only you uniquely know which one or what kind of partner suits you. So that's the first C. The second C that I think is the requirements of the relationship is communication. So after you sort out the compatibility, or、oh, it's always also a work in progress to learn about 
the compatibility of your partner, there will definitely be differences. And how do you work on the differences is you communicate your wants and needs. You communicate what you want, you communicate the rational, which is your why, and you discuss the how to, you know, make the differences work. And of course, there are bound to be issues, there are bound to be incidents that your partner just don't get you like that. And you just need to use communication to communicate about things. And this itself is a skill, it's also experience because everyone communicates or convey or argue differently as well. And this is where you communicate with respect and rationality to solve something. And oftentimes I've heard that it's not you against your partner, it's both of you against the issue. And you use communication to solve towards that issue. And over here, I just want to remind myself as well that as long as I communicate with respect, I communicate with rationality, I allow the emotions to sink in, I do acknowledge the emotions sometimes to get running high, but at the same time, level your hate and then discuss and communicate with respect and love and rationality. And I think that we'll probably get things through, even though I kind of phrase it in a very simplicity manner. And the third C, the number three C is compromise. We often heard about relationship is hard work and one of the many hard work is compromising. And this is the part where when there are differences, you both will need to work towards getting to the middle ground that works for both of you. And ideally, it should be both of you doing something to get to the middle. And you will need to let go of certain freedom, certain desire, certain preferences to compromise for your partner. And the trick here is to make it fair, make it somewhat doable and balanced for both parties for the greater goal. And of course, it will always be unfair if only one party needs to compromise and that will just be a big issue being accumulated and it will explode one day. So the part compromising is probably the trickiest part. And once it's imbalanced for a long time, I do think that's where a partnership would get affected. So this is definitely a constant work in progress to work out a way of compromise at the same time workable and make your relationship improve. And the last C as the requirements of relationship for me is commitment. I came to the understanding that being in a relationship also means that you consciously choose to be with this partner every other day and that itself is commitment the moment you start to think that oh there's someone better out there or i don't want to be in this relationship anymore i don't want to see this partner anymore and that's where you derail from committing to the relationship i think this one even though how simple as it sounds oh i just need to choose this person every day but it's actually very difficult and but at the same time it's not difficult but yeah but of course i think it downs to you how much love you have for this person and that you want to stay committed and work on a relationship work on solving the differences work on getting to the same goal that you and the person have 
So these are the four C's that I see as the requirements of being in a relationship with someone. Compatibility, communication, compromise, commitment. And I think four of these C's, you will always need to work on it. Or in a way, I will always need to work on it. And I hope to work on these four C's with my partner in a way. So yes, the next perspective that I'd like to discuss is the five love languages. I'm sure you have heard of these. These have come out a lot over the past couple of years. So five love languages, there's a book on this. I have not read the book, but it wasn't too difficult to understand the five love languages, namely number one, physical touch. So physical touch is the one that has a bit more intimacy that you express your love or your love language is a touch on the body intimacy sex that sorts and then you have love language number two which is gifts that you enjoy giving out like little gifts or big gifts to show how much you appreciate a person and the third love language is acts of service and this is where you would do little things or you do big things that you know matters to the other party and your partner will truly appreciate you for that and the fourth love language is words of affirmation such as i love you i think about you i miss you you're the best you're beautiful you're amazing those kind of affirmations to affirm the partner of a certain quality or a certain expression and then the fifth love language which is quality time is where you enjoy having good quality time with that person whether it's a meaningful date a cooking session that kind of bonding activity so these are the five love languages I do not know if the following point is in the book, but I do think there are two types that we need to think about. Is there are love languages in terms of how would you like to receive love? And there are also love languages where how would you like to express love, which is like your output in a way. It's like, and I do think these two are somewhat a little bit different. So take me, for example. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what my love languages are, but in a way, I think how I would like to receive love is probably like words of affirmation. Like someone were to assure me things because when my confidence level or my doubt level is relatively high, I just felt like, oh, okay, it would be so nice if someone were to affirm me that, okay, I'm doing all right. And that itself would make me feel a little bit more secure to go through my day to day. However, how I would like to express love, for example, could be I enjoy physical touch. I'm a little bit more clingy that I would just make sure that person just feel my touch on his arm. So I do think there are these two that we need to figure out knowing how you like to express and knowing how you like to receive and how does your partner wants to receive and how your partner usually express these four components actually i think would help in a relationship and another pointer that i felt is these love languages can change over time and in a way it should change over time because you are a different person from yesterday you're a different person than two three years ago you're a more mature person when it comes to how you love as well as time goes so your love languages could change down the road 
And it really boils down to one of the C, which is communicating. Communicating how you would like to receive love. Communicating how you would you express love. And sometimes that can that can actually solve some problem because if we sometimes just assume that why don't you get why don't you get how much I love you? Like I wash the dishes every day for you, but that which means you are expressing your love via acts of service. But that person may appreciate more if you tell him thank you for the meal that you cook and that kind of express love expression may work a little bit better so i think this is where you use communication to discuss about the love languages that might probably help in manage the expectation of the relationship so yes so the the above three are these three perspectives that i have I shared earlier of the episode that there are urges from my close circle that no, just don't get married. You're better off being single. In a way, this has been on my mind for a really long time. Um, I'm still forming my perspective on it. Um, I do know that I want a partnership and I do know that I want marriage and kids at some point. But having that kind of urges which was actually just advices from lovely people around me because they have been there, done that, and the marriage wasn't the best thing that happened to them, but they stick to it because of generational pressure. But my outlook on love for now remains hopeful, or at least I still have some sort of hope. Um, I'm still working on a few perspectives and also just you know, go with the flow. If it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I do know that I do not want to settle for less. But I think the better word is I don't want to settle for being worse off. So if I'm better off being single, I will be single. But if I'm better off in any ways with that person, whether it's my happiness or my life prospect, my career outlook or my or my other kind of prospects as well, then yes, it makes sense to form a partnership with this person. So then I think I kind of know what I want already, you know, like after these couple of years. I can't 100% pinpoint it, but at this point, I think I still want a lot of things out of a partner and also a relationship. I mean, this is just a usual me. I always want a lot of things. Um, I've actually wanted to journal about relationship for quite some time. I think that will help me to level my head in terms of the wants and needs. For now, everything just seems like needs, which is, which I do think could be a little unrealistic. And then other outlook, I think I would love to have a little bit more equanimity in the whole dating thing as well. So equanimity or having an equanimous mind. It's something that I learned from Vipassana meditation. This whole equanimity value is also very new to me. And it's about having a balanced mind that you don't react to craving and aversion to a sensation. So which means you're having a very balanced mind. And there is a perfect word in Mandarin which is called Ping Chang Xing. You keep it a very balanced mind and you don't have that absolute up and absolute down and i just kind of want to have this kind of mindset in dating as well of course dating is supposed to be like elevating and you know dramatic and 
fun. But that is where you put up an expectation that you always want the ups in a relationship. And then when the downs happen, that's like the end of the world, that kind of feeling. So I just kind of want to remind myself or in a way learn to have equanimity in dating as well. And at this moment where I'm just still dating, then just have fun. Don't get too pressured up in wanting to meet the one. Sometimes it comes when you least expected it. So just, you know, have fun. Don't have too much expectation and don't be too pessimistic as well. When it comes, it comes. And that goes to the last reminder that I have for myself is you will meet the right person at the right place at the right time. So don't fret about it. Don't be desperate about it. Live your life to the fullest. And if you meet someone that, hooray, that person could be just the right person at the right place at the right time for you. So at some point, I think I will come back and do a part two for this episode. We have actually come to the end of the episode. But again, there are still a lot of perspectives being formed with my head, such as romance, um, like the whole romantic kind of thing. I also have a thought about unconditional love. Do I actually believe in it? And also relationship labels. Is that important? Modern dating and dating apps, why is it painful? I also want to touch on a little bit about masculine and feminine energies in a relationship and in individuals. So yes, uh, when the day comes, I'll come back to do a part two. But thank you for listening to this part one. And I hope that it gives you some perspective about love and relationship. Thank you. And I see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to this episode and for spending time with me on the Emerald Project Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you are keeping up well. I always appreciate comments and feedback. And if you have a topic you would like me to talk about or better still, be a guest in my podcast, do reach out to me. I'm on Instagram where my handle is at The Emerald Project and my website is www.theemeraldproject.com. If you have not already, please follow me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify channels for new episodes. See you next time. Bye.